Hey everyone, welcome and thanks for tuning in. This is episode two of Sully's Two Cents Dynasty Football Podcast, a proud member of the RotoHeat.com family of podcasts. I sure hope that you're all tuning in to the Dynasty Blockheads podcast with my main man, Kevin Kloss, as well as the RotoHeat Twitch broadcast with the talented Brad Menendez. Seriously, these two are legit and extremely talented hosts that know their stuff, and honestly, they're as entertaining as hell. All right, so today's episode is our first mailbag episode. The mailbag episode is all about you, my loyal listeners, a.k.a. the Heat Seekers. Before I get into all your questions, I wanted to let everyone know that rotoheat.com website is coming soon. Right now, you can log on to rotoheat.com and enter your email address, and you're going to receive a notification when we launch. Since our last episode, we've had a little bit of action uh, in the NFL. We had the signing of C.J. Anderson at the Detroit Lions, and quite honestly, as a carry-on Johnson owner in multiple leagues, my first reaction was, No! Well, after a night of crying myself to sleep, I decided, upon waking the next day, to take a closer look at the career of one C.J. Anderson, and honestly, I'm not as concerned as I initially was. First and foremost, this is a great real-life football signing for the Detroit Lions. C.J. Anderson is a major upgrade on the Garrett Blunt and his 2.7 yards per carry in 2018. Anderson is 28 years old. He's the veteran of six NFL seasons. He spent his first five seasons with the Denver Broncos, where he had his first and only 1,000-yard season in 2017. C.J.'s reward for that season was his release from the Broncos. He started off in 2018 with the Carolina Panthers, appeared in parts of nine games with them, and then he was released from them and latched on with the Oakland Raiders. He hung around in Oakland for a couple of weeks, he didn't dress, and he was released again. He lands with the Los Angeles Rams and bang, comes back to relevance in a big bad way in the final two games of the season and into the playoffs. So guys, if you're keeping score at home, Detroit is Anderson's fourth team in under a calendar year. The Rams could have easily brought CJ back. You know, there's genuine concern in LA with Todd Gurley's knee, which I believe isn't as serious as we're all being led to believe, but that's another story. Instead, they opted to match the Lions offer sheet presented to soon-to-be third-year running back Malcolm Brown. So apparently, the Ram- or sorry, the Lions dig the Rams running backs. CJ Anderson, first, you know, he's a decent back. He's not unlike a lot of running backs in this league. He benefits from having a good offensive line and consistent volume. The Carolina Panthers, according to Pro Football Focus, were the 17th ranked offensive line in the NFL in 2018. Anderson put up 104 total yards rushing on only 24 attempts in nine games. In LA, he ran behind the sixth best offensive line and he posted 299 yards on 43 attempts in two games. For those asking, the Detroit Lions had the 16th ranked offensive line in 2018. And I think the projected volume in Detroit for Anderson will be more in line with the Panthers volume than it was with the Rams volume. Adding into that, having to run against the Bears and Vikings offense twice our defense twice a season should not be something that anyone strives to do. Carryon Johnson is the lead back in Detroit. Hell, even Matt Patricia knows this, even if he's hell-bent on trying to emulate his former boss, Bill Belichick's confusing and frustrating running back usage model. Will CJ impact KJ's volume and productivity? Sure he will. Will it dramatically impact Carryon Johnson? I don't think so. It may, however, delay my man KJ's ascendance into the top 12 at the running back position. All right, it's question time. So our first question comes from Facebook and the RotoHeat Dynasty Fantasy Football Community Zone, Chris Martin. Thanks for being a member of our community, Chris, and thank you for being so active in that community. So Chris wants to know who 
are my five guys that I'm selling and my five guys that I'm buying. Well, Chris, that's episode three. So you're gonna have to wait a little longer for those 10 answers. In addition though, Chris asks, who are the rookies you're looking at between picks 112 and 212 in this upcoming draft? That's a great question. So in one quarterback leagues, I believe that towards the mid to latter half of this second round is where you'll start to see the quarterbacks coming off the board. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, and perhaps Drew Locke. Personally, I would take Locke over Haskins, but that's a story for another day. Early in the second, I have Noah Font, Marquise Brown, and uh, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end uh, duo in Iowa, uh, coming out of, off, of the ra- oh, sorry, off the board in early second round. Much like the first round, the second round is a mixed bag of similar talents to me, but there's two exceptions in round two. The first one's Benny Snell, and the second one is Andy and Isabella. Those are the two I'm targeting in round two. So Benny Snell did everything and then some in three years for the Kentucky Wildcats. Snell's 21 years old, and he leaves the Wildcats with a career of 737 rushing attempts, 3,873 yards, and 48 touchdowns. He broke out at the age of 19 with 1,333 yards, and he followed that up with a 2018 season of 1,449 yards. The real key for me here is Snell is and was, or I guess was now that he's gone, the entire Wildcats offense. Everyone knew the ball was going to Benny, and he still produced. The knocks on Snell are his speed. He ran a 4.66.40 at the Combine. That speed's not going to blow anyone's socks off, and he had a college career of 29 catches. Overall, though, this is a player that averaged just under 20 touches a game in college, never missed a game, and enters the NFL without any injury history. I really believe that he's a great value in the second round. The second guy I mentioned that I'm really targeting in round two is Andy Isabella. UMass is wide receiver. He's 5'10", 195, and he has blazing speed. He ran a 4-3-140 at the recent combine, and he was a Bliknikoff Award finalist in his senior year for best receiver in college football. In his senior year, he averaged 141.5 receiving yards. He had 102 receptions and 13 touchdowns in 12 starts. He's an excellent kick returner as well. Andy Isabella, in my opinion, will be a sneaky add to your dynasty rosters in the mid to late second round. All right, our next question comes from my bar, my boy, Mark Charbonneau, another member of our Facebook community. Little side story, uh, Mark's the guy who introduced me to this thing called Dynasty Football, as well as this community. So if you love me, please feel free to thank Mark. And if you hate me, please feel free to let Mark know that as well. So Mark comes at me with a three-part question. His first question is, do you try to sell a stud at the peak or ride him to the end? Honestly, Mark, this one's team-specific. If I'm a contender, I'm turning that stud into Seabiscuit and riding him all the way to the finish line. Now, if I'm rebuilding, I'm selling him for sure. I think for most of us, the key here, especially if you're a middle-of-the-pack guy, is be honest with yourself. Ask yourself what your window is. What gets you closer to a championship? Is it holding this asset or is this selling an asset for a potential big return? My advice, throw the asset out there as trade bait and see what your fellow owners offer. Base your decision on that value versus yours and your perception of your team in the long run. Mark's second question is, is Adam Thielen a sell-high candidate? Well, in a word, yes, he is. First question I ask myself is, who is Adam Thielen? Is he the guy that was targeted 98 times in the first eight games, or is he the guy that was targeted 57 times in the last eight contests? 
He was wide receiver one in the first half of the season and wide receiver 25 in the second half. Reality here, he's somewhere in between. The Minnesota Vikings threw the ball 606 times last season. 105 of those targets went to Adam Thielen. The Vikings will absolutely not throw the ball as often in 2019, in my opinion, and Thielen, as a result, will regress. One area where I believe he's still relevant is his touchdown ability. He scored nine times in 2018, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores more than that in 2019. And Mark's final question is, pineapples were put on pizza by Canadians for Canadians. Do you embrace your heritage? Well... First of all, Canadians do a lot of stupid shit. Secondly, I tend to focus my pride on the likes of doctors banting and best for their discovery of insulin, Canada's amazing invention of the space arm for the space shuttle, or the fact that in Canada we actually have decent beer. I'm a proud Canadian through and through, regardless of one's misguided decisions to cook fruit and put it on one of God's greatest creations, thus ruining it. All right, moving on. Our third question comes from the one and only Purdue fan that I know, Josh Crabb. Josh wants to know who Sully's steals are, and he is also interested in my opinion of Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams. Little side note here. I traded Williams to Josh last season, and even though I cannot recall the full details of the deal, I know he thinks he got the better of me. Full disclosure, he likely did. So congratulations, Mr. Crab. Your question is also a dig at this podcast host. Well done. So my steals, my number one steal based on the current DLF ADP would be Dante Pettis, currently ranked ADP 69. In my opinion, grabbing a talent like Pettis at the back end of the fifth round in a startup is excellent value. Other players I really like are Rashad Penny. His ADP is 78. Anthony Miller at 81. Damian Williams at 82. And I absolutely love me some Devin Funches at 117. As far as Mike Williams go, he really could be in line for a breakout season. History typically shows us that the third year is the breakout year for talented wide receivers. Tyrell Williams is off to Oakland. This should instantly increase Mike Williams' snaps, which won't hurt him at all. But one interesting piece in the Chargers offense to me this season is the return of tight end Hunter Henry. Tyrell Williams last year in the Chargers offense saw 64 targets. Mike Williams saw 66. Antonio Gates and the rest of the tight end crew that the Chargers ran out there saw a total of 74. So if we combine combine all those numbers, you have 204 targets. I don't really see a split amongst those targets between Williams and Henry, but I am guessing that they get the bulk of them. The key for me for both is what goes down in the red zone. Mike Williams finished last season as wide receiver 32. This season, barring injury, I can't see how he doesn't finish as a top 24 wide receiver. And our final question this week comes from Twitter and one of my 169 followers on Twitter. At Milty82 asks, who do you think is the most overrated dynasty player? To me, this one's pretty easy, and I'm basing this off of DLF's ADP as well. To me, it's Nick Chubb. Now, I'm a really big Nick Chubb fan. I'm a truther, and I believe in Nick Chubb. But that value that he is at currently at ADP of 16 is way, way too high. I'm not grabbing Chubb there. Um, I'm picking ninth in a startup draft. I'm going to target a guy, a wide receiver like a Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, or even Mike Evans. 
When it comes back to me, the way I draft, I would also be targeting a wide receiver at 16. So instead of making Chubb my number one back, I'd prefer to take a player like Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, or even Antonio Brown. Then, in the third round, I'm going to grab someone like Carrion Johnson, Sony Michelle, or even Leonard Fournette to kickstart my running back core. Another player that I believe to be overvalued this year is Juju Smith-Schuster at 10. I believe that the loss of Antonio Brown in that offense will hurt Juju versus helping him. I don't think James Washington is ready to take a step to be relevant in that offense. And although I like the signing, I'm not really sure what the Steelers have in Dante Moncrief. All right, well, that wraps up the first mailbag episode of Sully's Two Cents. That was pretty good. Anyway, I had a ton of fun. I appreciate all the questions. Next, coming up, like I mentioned, is Sully's top five buy and sell candidates this offseason. Just a reminder, I am on Twitter at RotoHeatSully. And uh, I'm active in Facebook community, and I'm also on the Discord chat. So thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you all soon.